This is Dr. Ryan Brewer, and I never listen to None Taken. Okay, so last week's ratings book came in, and we are number one in the podcast charts. And I think it has something to do with you sitting in for Alan. Oh. Yeah, so fuck that guy. (laughs) I didn't even call him. I was like, I mean, he's probably going to call me sometime during this and be like, hey, man, are we doing a show? I'm like, nah, man, it's... We we told him it's tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Sucker. Uh, Yeah, so Natasha's here to join us because Alan is still on assignment. Oh, shit, he just texted me. Uh, (laughs) Hi, Alan. Um, Yeah, we'll uh, talk to you soon. I mean, I guess he's coming out here. Uh, so Alan, Alan's going to be here in a couple of days. Yep. Yeah. He's got to take some R&R before he gets on that red eye. Yeah. What, R&R is rest and relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. That's the, the real reason. Opposite of doing this show. This is high stress. <laughs> I guess with me. I'm, I don't know why I take so much offense to that. Hey, can I? So lately I've had, um, I've had a, a line from a R. Kelly song in my head lately just like randomly it's not related to anything okay and um it's just so it's like an earworm for me and and i was like well i kind of want to go back and listen to that whole song and the the line in the song is bitch i wish you would Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just so funny in context so i was like well i kind of want to hear that song and it's this song called real talk and as i listened to it i was like holy fuck like when i heard it, it came out in 2007 and I'm pretty sure this is like peak gaslighting, <laughs> and, it, and with context of what's happened uh-huh. with him in in the meantime, yeah, is pretty hilarious. Let me play this for you, and uh, just uh, interrupt, comment over it. You know, just feel free to speak freely. I guess. Has anyone been more canceled than him? And Bill Cosby. Well, I was going to say in the music world. Well. Mm-hmm. Uh... Michael, Michael Jackson. Had a, yeah. yeah, but then everyone's like, he's actually innocent. That was a fake documentary. Not everyone. I, I believe it was. Yeah, a, I, I agree. Yeah. But dude, he got canceled after he died. He got canceled <laughs> in the 90s. Then people were like, meh. And then after he died, they're like, no. Now that he's not here to defend himself, HBO, would you pay us for a documentary? Like, I don't know. I'm not a fan. So anyways, here's the R. Kelly song. Girl, I'm not about to sit up here and argue with you about who's to blame or call no names. Real talk, see, girl. Pretty reasonable so far. I'm trying to establish mm-hmm. you is not who's right or who's wrong. Right. What's right and what's wrong. Okay. Real talk. Just because your friend says she saw me at a club with some other bitches. Oh. <laughs> smoking and drinking. That's very specific. <laughs> Did she say there were other guys there? Did she say there were other guys there? What's that have to do with it? Were there <laughs> other guys there? Well, tell me this. How the fuck she knew I was with the mother girl? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Wait a minute, let me finish what I've got to say. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been with you five years and you Let's change the subject. You're going to listen to your friends instead of me is what he's saying? Wow. No man having assholes. No man having assholes. Accusing me of some old bullshit when I'm just trying to have a good time. That is you did this, kills. I heard you did that. Don't you think I got enough bullshit? Is this not textbook gaslighting? Yeah, also in the beginning of the song, didn't he say it's like no one's right or wrong yeah. here? And, and then he's he just definitely <laughs> pointing a finger right now. Yeah, he's got enough bullshit on his mind. Yeah, didn't I just give you money? Yeah, your ass was smiling. Real talk. Wow, gave who some damn. Wow. I ain't gave nobody no damn money, girl. Is 
you tweaking? Tweaking? <laughs> you know what your problem is? So he's trying to alienate her from her friends. Yes. Like textbook. Yes. Domestic yes. violence. Yes. You call my mama's house and what? Girl, my mama ain't got a screen, no calls for me. She's kind of got a point there. Lives with his mom? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> Is this a breakup song? It's about to be, yeah. <laughs> the best part's coming up soon, though. Okay. Okay. Bitch, I wish you would. Should we hit record? Yeah, one, two, three. All right, you ready? I am ready. I am. Are you recording? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. I no offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Welcome to None Taken. The internet's only debate and current events show with your hosts, Dustin and Natasha. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Two political nomads from the same house. That Shout out to Reverend Peyton's <laughs> big damn band for the use of their song, Ways and Means, for intro music. Thank you for joining us. The time of this recording, it's Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. It's a great day for America. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and Natasha's sitting right next to me. We are here, recapping another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal life. I've got a bunch of audio for you on our Sounds episode this week. Please subscribe right now wherever you listen to this. We don't have an advertising budget. Y'all are our ads. If you haven't left a review on iTunes or Spotify, how dare you? Please leave us a five-star review. It's the only way people find out about us. We're counting on you. You can, uh, you can find Untaken on all the major social media apps. Sorry, Truth Social. If you'd like to help us out financially, find Untaken on Venmo. We're the one with the zebra. Be like Slick It's Digital for all your SEO and marketing needs. Natasha, what is up? Not much. I just realized we didn't go over our personal life. Normally I make notes. Uh, what do you want to talk about? I mean, you, we kind of live through each other's personal lives. What did we do this week? Oh, we had an anniversary. Yeah. Do you think the listeners want to hear about that? I mean, it's yes. been two lovely years together. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they don't want to hear about all that really kinky stuff. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Sunday was a fun day. <laughs> Lots of chores. Yeah. Yeah. Kinky chores. Yep. Yeah. I made you hang some picture frames. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what? So I just, well, I got a grill on Friday, um, anticipating that I'd be doing a lot of grilling over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And damn, I didn't. Or damn, did I? Damn, did I? You, you sure did. I grilled Friday night. Uh, did I take a day off on Saturday? 
No. Was that the big grilling day? No, Sunday I grilled. I oh, think I took yeah, Saturday off. Oh, yeah, we took Saturday yeah. off, yeah. But uh, Friday, did some chicken, um, then did ribs all day on Sunday. Good grief, those beef ribs took all fucking day. They took nearly 10 hours. Yeah, they were really good today for lunch. They, oh, did you have them? Yeah. Yes, I like good. diced it up with some did onions you? and bell pepper mushrooms, made that... I'm I'm gonna make you jealous of what how I did. did you, to it. How'd you get them off the bone? Remember, I cut it off last night. No, I didn't see. It was like a big chunk. Uh-huh. I was like, "This is the meatiest piece I had so oh, far." Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I diced it all up, and and I had fun. You you were like, "Hey, this piece has too much fat on." It. I'm like, Argh. "It's true." It's like yeah. meat candy, though. Oh, it's so good. Uh, well, enough rib talk. Uh, I mean, unless we want to talk about the Bible. I mean, you're my rib, right? Like, <laughs> that's that's what Adam. You came from. The Lord told us uh-huh, this. Yeah. Sure. Hey, did you notice that the cows haven't been around lately? I saw them this evening. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I thought we scared them off with like cooking like one of their cousins. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck that shit. Can't hang out over there anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. I saw them cows. Uh, what else? Would you do anything else? Uh, what did we do? We did something Saturday. Yeah. I mean, we... We went on that little hike and, well, it was like a yeah. walk in the lake. And then yeah. Petra chased a bunch of ducks. That was pretty fun. Yeah. When did she chase a duck? She tried to chase a duck. Yeah, she tried to. She was on a leash. Yeah. She really wanted to. Yeah. She's like, I don't know. This is my instinct. Yeah. And she pointed. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Addie got a haircut and she oh looks like a God. chihuahua. Oh, so yeah. We took Addie to the groomers, not like, you know, the pedophile people. Um, <laughs> that'd be funny to let those people cut dogs. They wouldn't have to... No? Is there a I joke there? I don't know if I'd trust no? them with dogs. With the dogs? Why? I, I mean, you don't trust them they with children. Kids, not dogs. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's... Well, you don't know. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I don't know either. I mean... Yeah. That'd be weird for them to <laughs> tell us that they also groom children and animals. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an area we shouldn't go into. Just move on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she came, they came back with... I mean, there was like a quarter of an inch of hair on this dog. And she just looks full on Chihuahua right now, which mm-hmm. apparently she's probably part Chihuahua, which makes a lot of sense with how ornery she it is. It makes so much. She trembles all the time like and an then Olsen attacks. Twin. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Constantly. If you gave that dog a cigarette, she'd be an Olsen twin. <laughs> uh, do you want to get into some of our uh, comedy clips for the week? Yeah, let's. Oh, you have a personal life story that we are completely oh, moving God. past. No, no, no. You're telling this here. Okay. Do you want to talk about it? Well, let's try. And if it sucks, you can cut it out. Um, Okay. So not related to me. Nobody related to you. Nope. Definitely not. Not naming names here. Mm -hmm. Um, But someone I know that might be close to me, might not. Yeah. Um, They were once married. I mean, this is just some juicy gossip. You don't know this person, but Mm -hmm. it's always fun to kind of listen. So they used to be married. They were married briefly for like a year. And then they always pined over their ex-wife. Like, just no other woman. But they got divorced. They got divorced. That's so weird. Yeah. Also, like, she tried to shake him down for money in the divorce, too. But like, he still, had to pay her off to divorce her. That doesn't, like, make you her. not like that person? No. Like, yeah, you'd think. I would not They were be. terrible together. They were, that would make they were me like so unattractive. They were, like, water and to oil together. Okay. Anyways, she ended up remarrying, having a kid. He's oh, dating Jesus. a girl who he doesn't want to date who then moved in with him because they live in L.A. and it's so expensive. She moved in after he decided he doesn't want to date her anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, we've given away the gender sex. Oh, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, if this person is listening, which they're not, no. uh, they would definitely know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, it's getting very specific. So anyways, I found out that they got an email from their ex-wife okay. that they're unhappy in their marriage and they want to maybe rekindle. So let's get coffee and see what's up. Like just to hang out? I don't know, but it kind of seems like she wants the security of getting back with him. And she's like... So what do you think is going to happen from that? I mean, this is a person that he has been pining over for the last uh, seven years. Okay, if they get back together, how long do you think you'd give it until they split back up again? Oh. um, It's got to be faster than the last time, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe a year tops. They were together for like five years before they got married. But they, this would be a great way oh, to break up. I got to tell you how he how he proposed. Okay, this is hilarious. So he was doing. They'd broken up, and he was in Europe, and he was doing mushrooms, and he was taking. This is quote unquote taking a poo, and um, had a realization that this is the person he needs to marry. So flew back home, did the whole like big grand gesture. I believe she was in a relationship at the time, proposed to her, and then very quickly, within a few months, there was a big wedding. The whole time, I was like, do not do this. Yeah. That this seems is, incredibly impulsive. Uh, and yeah. Based and everyone... Of like an emotional feeling when you're like under the influence of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The day of his wedding, he turned to someone I know and said, well, if it doesn't work out, I can always get a divorce. What? Yeah, day of, before he went down the aisle. Oh, God. So this is just like a train wreck of a relationship, but for whatever reason, they just can't stay away from each other. So now there's a kid involved, and, you know, you, you just, uh, just it just seems so dangerous. Oh, God, you got to keep me updated on this. Yeah. When are they going to meet up? I don't know. You know, I will, uh, I'll, I'll, have a phone call and let you know the updates. I'm glad we didn't say any names or anything too specific because it would be really weird for this person that you're totally not related to to hear from a listener that their spouse is cheating or that their girlfriend is cheating on them. Yeah. Or boy, whatever. Yeah. So awkward. How do you feel about any of that? I mean, fuck it, right? Yeah. Don't, I mean, I don't think any of my... No, nobody listens. Nobody show. listens. Nobody listens. To I podcasts. don't promote the show personally, oh, oh. so nobody listens to this. That's Again, what I tell this person's all not time. maybe not related. Probably to Probably not I'm related not, to you. Yeah, I'm not I don't know saying. why I'm talking about your family. Yeah. You know? Okay, can we get into our comedy cavalcade? Yes, please. Okay, all right. Don't get so upset with me. <laughs> um, uh, this. Uh, let's see. Actually, I didn't put these in much of an order. Hey, can I have a shot of that whiskey? Yep. I notice you're not using the shot glass. No, I don't use the shot glass. <laughs> That's something to wash. It's really smooth. So smooth. Straight rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Storyteller. Whoa, this is batch number one. No, yes, batch number one, bottle 39. 38. 38, yeah. Age three years. Yeah, it's delicious. One of the benefits of uh, coming to my mom's spirits festival event. Yep, always... Nice booze in the house. Show us your booze. Um, okay, let's play this quick. Uh, let's play some comedy clips. Every single immigration law, the conception of immigration law, started to stop one particular group of people coming to America, Irish people. And we had to use our superpower. We started fucking shagging. We shagged everything. Latina, Filipina, Iranian, Indian. We were uniting nations before the United Nations. 
<laughs> That's a guy named David Nihil. Nihil? Nihil. N-I-H-I-L-L. I like that. This next one. Oh, yeah. Is that why like you can wear that Kiss Me I'm Irish and it's like everyone has a little bit of Irish in them? Yeah, I think so. I think that's why everybody gets away with it. Yeah. yeah. Or You're like just assume everyone's yeah. Irish. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm part Irish. <laughs> Never think about it. You know, but yeah. Uh, let's play this next one. I've been living in New York about six years now. And Nickel when I first button. moved there, Nickel I had button. a huge fear I was going to get mugged constantly. Like every time I left the house, I was like, here it comes. Someone's going to take everything. I got over my fear because I learned a trick, and now I use this trick all the time. Whenever I think someone might try to beat me up or mug me, I fake a Russian accent. <laughs> Timely. <laughs> You're welcome. It's genius. I'll be walking home late at night. Two dangerous-looking thugs walk up to me like, yo, man, you know a neighborhood you're in? You think this bad neighborhood? <laughs> I was going to say, his voice is a little uh, problematic when he does his thugs impression. But I think uh, paired up with this next clip, I think it works pretty well. Yes, Here. 50% of all murders committed in this country were committed by people of color. That's true. But why are they telling you that on Fox News? <laughs> we not killing you. I looked it up. <laughs> 92% of the people that black people that murder were other black people. Like, what the fuck are you scared of, sir? I'm not going <laughs> to... Clutching your purse, move. I'm trying to shoot the motherfucker behind you. <laughs> I didn't get a name for that guy. It's, I, I looked all over for it, too. It's just on this place called, like, Above Comedy. Uh, that got sent in by a listener, Thrash Bastard. He's a good follow on Instagram. I like that guy. Um, this next clip... Uh, right? This next clip got sent in by Paul DeBecker. He also a good follow, but you got to make sure you got your thick skin with him because he's going to say things that are going to bug you. But you listen to None Taken, so I think you can handle it. Uh, good luck finding him. He's got like an encrypted name. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's like a bunch of letters. Um, this guy's name is, Ant, the comedian is Andrew Orolfo. Um, this is a pretty good joke about the Richter scale, we'll say. Before I do this, do we all know what the Richter scale is? Okay, good, good, good. Because I've been thinking about it. And I think it's, it's crazy that the way we measure earthquake magnitude can also be applied to dick size. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, some of you get it already. Think about it. Really think about it. Say you're working with like a 3.5. You're like, did you feel that shit? Nah, nobody did. Nobody <laughs> felt that. What? Wow. 5.5 to like 6, you can handle that, you know? That comes around the most often, and to be honest, might be the best one. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> 6.5 to like 7, now you're like, whoa, that was wild. That was wild. <laughs> we could probably go through that again, but maybe we should be more prepared next time. <laughs> and then anything above an 8, anything above an 8, you're like, oh my god, uh, everything is ruined. <laughs> everything is ruined. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> you know what's funny is on the Richter scale, and this isn't a joke. Um, everything, every, every, it's logarithmic, so mm -hmm. every number is bigger than the last. Like the difference between an eight isn't just the diff. The difference between seven and eight isn't the same as the difference between six and seven. It's larger. Oh right, right. That I, I got a couple other uh, comedy reels, but I think I'll save them. Um, Alan sent a couple in, and I think I want to get his reaction to them. Okay. The this next I mean, one, listeners, he's still on the show. Yeah, it was going to come back. Yeah, he's probably. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, too. I don't know. Guy's dead to me, man. <laughs> he's also coming to visit. Oh, that's true. 
this is going to be awkward. It's going to listen to this on the plane. <laughs> Fuck. No, just make sure you upload after it gets on the plane. That's a good idea. There we go. Yeah, that actually works time-wise, I think. Um, okay, next clip. No, not next clip. Let's get into our How About That segment. Okay. How about that segment? Um, I'm going to do this one as a little uh, belated Easter. Happy Easter. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. A lot of people know that. But we want to know where he was raised at. A little tricky, but... Start Starts with the N. New York? <laughs> what? <laughs> Can you answer it? Uh, what are you mouthing to me? Nazareth. Oh, yeah, Nazareth. no. I, I was uh, raised an atheist, so yeah. I don't know. And Australian, you dirty yeah. humans over there. I got really lucky. It was the option of my mom's Greek Orthodox and my oh, dad's an God. atheist and like, has that could have been. all these degrees in science and he's a very smart man. So they gave me a choice when I was little. And so it came down to, I would ask my parents the same question, like, why is the sky blue? And my mom's like, because God made it that way. And no. my dad's like, here's a scientific reason behind that. Yeah. And I'm like three years old. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with dad on this. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they gave you a choice. I thought I was given a choice at like six. I remember um, me and my mom had moved from Colorado and we were staying with my grandparents for like a year before we got into a house. And uh, I remember being at my grandma's. I, I can remember where I was. And my mom was like, I think we're going to join that church down the street. What do you think? And I remember being like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. And she's <laughs> like, oh, I guess I didn't say this properly. We're joining the church down the street. And then I stayed there until I was 18. And then Aww. I never went to church again. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved out. Um Hey, let's get into some of our... So that's our How About That segment. Only one clip in our How About That segment this week. Because uh, I put one in that had to do with sports. And we know our listeners hate sports. So. Mm, uh, and your co-host. And, and yeah, this is, that's a, <laughs> I'll save that clip for Alan, should he ever return. Uh, isn't that something? You ready to get into Isn't That Something? So ready. Okay. Isn't that something... Uh, I think you can relate to this clip. So it's The Economist, and they're talking about how the California dream is over. They're talking about the uh, exodus from California, the population declining. Well, I'm not going to spoil the clip. Here's a... It's not that long ago, 1990, when the California population was rising by 2.5% a year. So we're only a generation on, and now it's falling. In the last 20 years or so, the state has lost about 3 million people to other parts of the country. An enormous amount of the change takes place in just four places. The four big cities, Los Angeles, San Jose, San Diego and San Francisco. So it's the big cities and that really points you to a single cause. You want to guess? What What is that? What do you think the single cause is? Uh, housing prices. <laughs> and that is the exorbitantly high cost of housing in Duh. those places. A couple of years ago, the median house prices in California were of the order of three times higher than median house prices in Texas and more than double what they were in Arizona. So you get a great deal more space for your buck if you sell a house in California Ooh. and move to Texas. Oh, I sold my house in California because I was born rich. Mm. Or I moved there in 1970 and bought a house before anybody else did. Dude, like, just think about what that, that stat tells you 
going forward, right? Mm -hmm. Like these people are moving from California because they're selling the houses that they that they had there that they invested in, basically. Mm -hmm. But if you can't buy a house there, so you are moving, there is no future population that's doing that. Like it's like unwinding. You know, it's an interesting t statistic here is both of us moved to California in the 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was, they said, they gave the example of 1990. It was growing at 2% a year. Right. Right. Which both yeah. of our parents yep. were able to then afford houses. Exactly. Yep. And now that we're at the age of buying a house, there's no fucking way we could afford no. to do that in California. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and, and kind of along the lines of what you're saying, it used to be 40%, I think, I think in like the nineties, it used to be 40% of Californians were native Californians. So a majority of the Californians were people that moved there and now it's like 60%. And I can attest to that. So I used to work at Bed Bath & Beyond and I used to do bridal registries and I had the same bullshit icebreaker question that I'd ask every couple. Cause it always elicited some sort of response. Like, Oh, are you guys from here? Or did you move here? Cause it like when I fart, when I first started asking that question, I would get the answer like, Oh, we're from Michigan. Or I'm from Ohio. Like, you know, we moved here from Nevada. Mm -hmm. Our parents moved to blah, blah, blah. By the time that I stopped working there, which was only like six years later, most of the people I talked to were like, no, I was born here. Yeah. I'm from Monrovia. Like, no, I lived in El Cerrito. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's, I mean, it, it's, it's not a magnet anymore as much anymore. Um, and a lot of the people that are moving there now are either people that are getting high paying jobs and they're a brain drain from the place, like, you know, using Michigan as an example, you get mm -hmm. a degree from Michigan and you move out of state and you move to California. Right. Um, and I mean, that's good for the tax revenue in California, but it's not good for the average person, the average price of a house. Well, I know San Diego is huge on medical. That's yeah. a huge draw for us. Um, but a lot of that is like Northern California is coming down, but Northern California prices are insane. Oh yeah. Compared to, yeah. I mean, again, that's the tech bubble. Everyone got rich quick and just threw a bunch of money. At. So, so what they went on to say is that the rural cities aren't seeing the, uh, evaporation. Right. They don't yeah. have the jobs there to right. pull people in. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. raise the home prices. Yeah. And I, man, I don't know. I'm so glad we got out of there. Like it, it was so freeing. Like, I remember it like the first few weeks living here, I was just like, wow, it's just like, it, it literally felt like you can breathe easier. <laughs> like there's just such a weight off your chest. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's great being able to afford or either rent at our last place or our mortgage here. Yeah. Um, but it's also really fun here. Like I love yeah. San Diego. San Diego has a ton of friends. It has events all the time. It has sunshine. But we have that here and yeah. people are so friendly. Yeah. Like, I feel like we hang out with people all the time. Just have you because... noticed people out here in Madison are a lot more friendly oh, than yeah. closer to Nashville, like downtown now? That's what we did Saturday night. We, we went Oh, you to went to D's. Hell yeah. yeah. We saw some honky tonk. That's right. It was good honky tonk too. Yeah. yeah. Got you to dance. I did dance. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was... It just took you like five beers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, oh, uh, so this is the governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan. I never know what I mean when I say this word, but the kids say it. Is this based Larry Hogan? A party that lost the popular vote. He's a Republican. In seven out of the last eight presidential elections. And that couldn't even beat Joe Biden. Joe Brandon. Is desperately <laughs> in need of a course correction. The truth is. The last election was not rigged. It wasn't stolen. We simply didn't offer the majority of voters what they were looking for. January 6th was not 
enthusiastic tourists misbehaving. It was an outrageous attack on our democracy, incited by the losing candidates' inflammatory false rhetoric. We won't win back the White House by nominating Donald Trump or a cheap impersonation of him. Dude, this is the Republican governor of Maryland. I don't know if you know where Maryland is. It's right next to D.C. Like, that's some spicy meatballs. Is he going to run for... Uh, So I was looking up other clips for him, and he said there was a clip titled, like, he's not taking a White House run off the table. Honestly, the the person I'd like to see run the most, I think, and appeal to most independents is the governor of um, Colorado. Colorado is a purple state. It's a red and blue Mm -hmm. state. And, you know, it... He has united the people in Colorado behind him. He's led through crisis. Um, he's openly gay. And oh, it's like wow. not even a fucking like thing. Like it's like I, I, I almost forgot. Like, you know, I don't feel uh-huh. like that should be some kind of qualification. But the, when you have that many Republicans in that state mixed with Democrats and they all can get along and not have something like somebody's sexuality be, you know, a divisive subject. Yeah. Like, like he's he is. I've listened to a lot of interviews with him. He's a great leader. Like, well, next time, play one of his clips. I'll, I will find this some guy was pretty well spoken, though. Yeah, yeah, Larry and, Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't feel like I've heard very much of him, and I feel like that's kind of what happens when you don't uh, try to elicit, you know, anger yeah. responses. I mean, I was also comparing him to our current sitting president, which yeah. is not a well spoken. Oh, uh, you want to hear him? So this is him <laughs> talking about. So a little background on this. This is this is this is we're gonna play another clip. I think from a, a different a different part of this same speech. But here's just a real short clip of him calling uh, uh, MAGA a, a group of extremists. Because this MAGA crowd is really MAGA? the most extreme political MAGA. No, he said it sounded like MAGA. Oh, I got you. Hold on. Because this MAGA crowd yeah. is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, what do you think of Biden saying that? Like, is it, um, is this, is this as divisive? Is this the same as Trump's divisiveness? Is it different? If so, what is different? I mean, no. No what? I I don't think that it's. Uh divisive you don't think that was divisive i mean no it's they've like openly attacked him and democrats but i don't agree with that statement i mean i Uh, think the kkk is probably a more extreme yeah i know right yeah they're just the the most in the forefront there's like open anti-semites that you can reference yeah there's definitely i mean that's a pretty extreme statement yeah is what i want to yeah i would agree (laughs) so i saw a lot of republicans upset on twitter about that statement like oh this is I, I thought we were getting him because he's not divisive. And I, I remember seeing those responses. I was like, are you like trying to be upset? Like, I don't think this is him being as divisive as Trump, but I think that it's, it's ignorant. Like, like yeah. it, it lacks historical perspective and you're old as shit. Like he's like he's, four times as old as both <laughs> of us. Like he's, he's seen a lot yeah. in his day. Yeah. But he just can't remember shit. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of. I'm glad I, that was the response I'd I'd hoped you'd give. Um, let's hop over to China. We'll go to China and you're not going to say China. China. Well, <laughs> I like China. It's like the, I don't know what that R is. That what you British people say or your Aussies say? You put an R at the end of words that end with an A. Not necessarily. China. No. China. Yeah, that's <laughs> I can't do an impression. <laughs> Can you do an impression? Let's hear um, you speak. With, say China as an Aussie. You know, I'm not thinking of what the word sounds like. I'm not doing an Australian accent Why? on air. No. Why not? 
There's no, I got to practice yeah, that. Good. I got to drink it. You have to practice it. You're from Australia. I know, but I don't talk in an accent that often until I like Just speak around my family. No, we are not sentence. doing Just that. Do Come on. I'm, Come no on. way. No. no. Zero. You kind of did the no. <laughs> no. All right, fine. Uh, no means no. Here's uh, in China. So uh, this is a clip about um, Shanghai and uh, the lockdowns are going through and the, the people are starting to revolt. I shared some videos after I pulled this clip of there's a, a guy in the medical like coveralls, like the hazmat suit mm-hmm. running down the street and then nobody for a while and then a whole mob of people chasing him. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. And then there's another one where there's like an entryway. It's a, it's a gate on one side of an entryway. So people are like putting their arms through it and then there's a door and they're either, I think the guys in the white coats are trying to come in and the crowd's trying to push them out and it's just getting violent. This sounds like a zombie apocalypse. Dude, the, it's the way they're treating them there. It's yeah, it does. It's like the people that are normal people that are locked in their house are being treated like zombies and these, yeah. So here, a little bit more context than that is in this clip. A lot of stuff does break through and will be moved from Chinese social media. So what he's talking about is Chinese social media will pull stuff right away. Yeah. So a lot of stuff that gets posted on like TikTok, it 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 doesn't make it out. But if anything does break through, people grab screen grabs really quick and then they end up reposting it on Twitter or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, onto Western social media like Twitter. There's all sorts of videos of um, people in uh, white hazmat suits beating up Shanghai residents. Uh, there's one of uh, a dog being killed on the street by these people because they think that um, dogs can potentially spread COVID. One thing that I find particularly interesting is that these people are being referred to as white guards on Chinese social media. The The reference is to the red guards of the 1960s during China's Cultural Revolution when um, young people rose up and were running amok beating up teachers and authority figures. So to make the comparison between red guards and these uh, people in white suits calling them white guards is pretty striking to hear. You don't often hear comparisons with the Cultural Revolution right now in today's China. So the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, so are they calling them that like out of reverence? Like, oh, they're the white guards and we, you know, we're the revolutionary descendants of the red guards. No, no, no. They're saying like the red guards were a terror and these white guards are on that same level. So um, it's it's not just anecdotal. It's not like, oh, we've seen a couple of videos of people resisting. There's as much as you can have a movement in a uh, totalitarian Jeez. yeah i know you're it, upset it, about the seriously, dog park seriously i'm really upset about the dog park but I honestly this this really sounds like what is that show on i think it's on netflix it's like black mirror black mirror yeah it really feel it feels uh, like this is a dy- dystopic did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> dystopic world. It does not feel real. And yeah. you see these images, you're like, how is this real life? Yeah, but what has in the last couple of years? <sighs> like, it's true. Yeah, we've been living in Black Mirror for a while. And they got that robot dog. That was a whole episode on there. <laughs> uh, can we change gears? Yes. Okay, so it's not too far off from like a Black Mirror type subject. So I was listening to a, a podcast called Your Undivided Attention. We talked about another one of their episodes last week, actually. So this is the guys that started, that did that movie, The Social Dilemma, um, the creator of which is a, um, he's a former tech guy. Uh, well, he still is, but now he's kind of trying to counter what the tech companies are using to leverage and to maximize attention and time spent on their apps because mm-hmm. he knows their system. That's kind of what he's been 
trying to push and get out into the public is this is how they kind of increase outrage and maximize time on site so that they can use your personal data to sell and make ad revenues, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Okay. Um, but the question and the theme on this week was, how would you know if you're in a cult? So here's a little setup for it. How would you know if you were in a cult? Okay, well, if not in a cult, at least under some form of undue influence. I mean, there you are, and you know that you're right. You believe you're thinking freely. Your social network shows everyone's agreeing with you. So again, how would you know if you were under undue influence? It's a good and question. And how could we regain mm-hmm. sovereignty over our minds? So, I mean, I think a lot of us have thought that about other people that we're yeah. around. And, you know, listeners, I would, before we get towards the end of this or middle of this, and you kind of maybe presume that I'm talking about one side or the other, I promise you by the end, I'm like, again, I'll piss everyone off. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this this is, this the things that are discussed here are true about sort of the, the extreme groups that we see trying to influence and vie for our, us to join their camps um, rather than just kind of being free thinking independent people. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's not just one group there's not just one cult. It's not Magistan or Wokistan. It's, you know, right. kind of both. Right. Um, okay. So here's this next one. So the, the guy that was on there as the guest, he had been recruited into the Moonies. He grew up, I think either <laughs> not religious. I know. Right. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, uh, sure. Okay. Uh, well, my mom was in a cult briefly. Yeah. Well, Probably we, the Moonies. You're not sure. I believe it was one that was related to them. Mm. So it was uh, before them. Mm, I the be- Moonies were a long time earlier. Like okay. 70s. Or like, a, I don't know. It was a it was a bad one. I need to ask her. Maybe we'll get a little clip of her explaining okay. it or something. But she was like full on in a cult. It yeah. was pretty bad back in um, the early 90s when we lived in Oakland. How did she get out of it? Um, I think it had to do with us moving my dad. She made my dad go. My dad's an atheist and he's like, fuck this, fuck and, this And bullshit. she listened to him. No, <laughs> my mother That's listened. Hilarious. No, yeah, well, no, we gotta, I gotta ask her. It's a, there's a story there. I was just a little yeah, too young to really sure, know what sure. was going on. Well, so this guy, he'd been recruited and brought into the Moonies and he was like a team leader. He like got full into it and he was like your dad, either atheist or he was maybe Christian. I don't I believe he was atheist. Um, actually, yeah. Cause when they first came to like, when the people were recruited him in, mm-hmm. uh, he's like, Hey, you're not religious people, are you? And they're like, no, no. <laughs> um, so, so he has a model, he calls it the bite model and B I T E I'll stand for something. He's getting into that here. So how do I identify whether you're in an authoritarian cult as opposed to like a bene- benevolent cult? Uh-huh. Um, and he'll talk about differences more. There are cults that are on the ethical end and authoritarian cults that are on the unethical end. So when people say ethical cults, what are you talking about? So for me, there are some behavioral criteria that helps flesh that out and people can self-assess. And I refer to the, the four overlapping components as control of behavior, control of information, control of thoughts, and control of emotions. So behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions, if they're controlling any or all of those things or the more of those things. And it's just like a question to ask yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Or if we're assessing someone that you care about, maybe thinking like, are these things, are behavior, information, what was it? Temperature? <laughs> 
Erection. Sounds control like of thoughts and thoughts. control of emotions. Emotions, not erections. So if they're controlling, you know, the more of those they're controlling, the more authoritarian of a control. Like an, an emotional abusive relationship. Yeah, exactly, actually. Yes, yeah. And that actually comes up in a clip that I didn't, I, there was just too much of this show to clip. Um, you want me to play the rest of that? Sure. Okay. Uh, I refer to it as the bite model of authoritarian control. And the more a group or person controls your behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions to make you over in their image or to have a pseudo identity that's obedient and dependent, that's my definition of an authoritarian cult versus an ethical cult where you know what you're getting involved with. You have informed consent. You're encouraged There's to read thing. whatever you want to yeah. read, talk to critics, talk to former members. Yeah, I mean, there's cults where it's like, this is just about self-improvement. You know, we're not trying to get you to give us way too much of your money that you can't afford to share. Like, you know, there, there's such things. But yeah. I don't think they call themselves cults. Well, no, I don't think the <laughs> other ones call themselves cults either, right? Like these aren't labels that are self-ascribed, right? And that's the trouble with this is that's why they ask the question, how would you know you're in a cult? They're not going to tell you you're in a right. cult, right? And that's why I was saying this isn't just about Magistan. This isn't about people that are like live, breathe and die wokeism. Like, mm -hmm. you know, this is, I mean, I, I personally think that the extremes in both of those examples I just gave are cults Yeah. because your behavior, like you can't act certain ways. Like, I, do you remember when I was in Ohio for training and I was asking one of my coworkers if they'd seen, um, that John Cena TV show, the peacemaker. And uh -huh. he's like, Oh, I can't watch that. John Cena's in it. And I like very quickly, I just go like, that's right. John Cena said, something bad about China and then immediately walked it back because he didn't want to just, you know, affect his brand and the brand he was working for. Uh -huh. And that was cowardly of him. And I think that's stupid, but also that show isn't just John fucking Cena standing yeah. in front of a, his own selfie camera and making a show for himself. That is a whole film crew, a whole cast writers, you know, yeah. like it has more to do with this one guy. You don't like something he said once. That, I mean, that's just but limiting that, your life so much. Right. But like you lose your membership when you step outside of these right. circles. And that's a stupid example. I can give better ones, but you get me. So yeah. behavior, information, thought. I mean, it's kind of thought, right? And, and emotion. Um, this next clip on it, um, they kind of tie it into what I was just sort of talking about and give better examples of like how this is relevant to modern U.S. culture. We're in a really tense moment. Um, it feels like the U.S. could domestically be heading towards escalating conflict, some might say closer and closer to civil war. Given those stakes and that part of the thing that would drive us towards that kind of domestic conflict, right, is the certainty with which each different cult coming out of the cult factory of the last 10 years of social media driving us down these more extreme rabbit holes on every side with every niche belief, you know, micro-targeted to us. And, and I think people, listeners of this podcast probably have family members who they can think about who, you know, yep. they've kind of lost because they've gone down some rabbit hole. They find it very hard to talk to them. Um, the real sort of trillion dollar question, because it's essential for being able to back away from the prospect of a domestic conflict, civil war type scenario, is how do we get out of this? So there's another clip, sort of like the second half of that, mm -hmm. um, the, the answer to that question, how we get out of this. But what do you think of that clip so far? Uh, you know, it's so funny in the beginning of it. I thought he was going to say world war because what? my mind is so focused on Russia and Ukraine mm -hmm. and things just don't feel as he. Oh, instead of the civil war. Right. Uh -huh. As like when Trump was in office. I mean, I know it's still yeah. pretty crazy with everyone's ideas, but it, it just feels like it got taken down 
a step. I know when we have elections coming up again, like every election, it's going to become so heated and I just have to take a, a check out from yeah. social media because yeah. it's so hard. I mean, it's probably healthy too, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to definitely have more of your own original thoughts and less influence from what people controlling what shows up in your feed. Because it's your feed. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's Facebook is a different Facebook. Right. Because they're like, you know, okay, he liked that. On the next three posts, make sure it's something that's similar. And it can be dialed in that quickly. What's below, it's not like there's a ribbon below the bottom of your phone. And as you scroll up, you're pulling something up. Mm -hmm. They can throw shit in there, you know, as, as, as long as it hasn't loaded yet on the, onto your screen. And they do, it's all live feedback to what you're doing. Yeah. And it's just designed to make you engage and spend more time on your phone. That's all it's about. So they can sell it to ads. I'm not telling anyone that it's like, I'm sure our listeners know that, but like, you, you know, you said you, got to stay off socials during that time of year I and mean, it's probably healthier yeah i'm not i'm not the biggest social media yeah. person i i mean i i prefer to just kind of check out on that but yeah it's it gets tough around the people that you love that mm -hmm. have such extreme point like you said because they're getting fed all this information and they feel justified in what their feeds are are saying and all the people that they know are agreeing with them um yeah yeah, it's totally rabbit hole. Well, here, so this this last clip, they talk about um, how you can kind of, how you can get through that, right? Like they said at the beginning, how would you know if you're in a cult and then what could you do? You have something called the strategic interactive approach. What do you think is needed to step away from that and to, to have each of us kind of deprogram ourselves and each other? Yeah, so how would anyone know or how would I know if I was brainwashed or mind controlled or subjected to undue influence? Um, I, I found that there is a process of reality testing that actually works for people. And the first step is really just detaching from the constant reinforcing influences. Take a week off and do the kinds of things you used to love to do that really reflect the real you, whether like it's saying. playing with your Yourself. dog oh. or being in nature <laughs> or listening to music or dancing or whatever. So just kind of like reconnect with yourself and detach from the constant bombardment of information that's coming at you. Secondly, learn about the bite model of authoritarian control, looking at control of behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions uh, in the context of my influence continuum from ethical to unethical. The more of these that you can tick off, the more authoritarian your situation is. The next step is deliberately seek out critics and former members. That's a hard part, right? Um, mm -hmm. And hear why they left or why they're critical of the group. I honestly, there's more. I, I feel like the first two steps are pretty easy, like disconnect. Yeah. Like, but there is, there's something more to like talking to former members or people outside the group than just getting out of whatever your current ideas are. It's not just yeah. like, oh, because like on paper, you'd be like, yeah, I could talk to somebody that's different than me. It's the same part of your brain that's like, we just moved in here and we haven't talked to all our neighbors yet because we don't want to be like, I don't know, it's talking to a stranger. It's almost weird, right? <laughs> like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that is still an element within something more important, like knowing someone that thinks differently than you. 
I mean, during this last election, I was living with my parents, and my parents are were like extreme on the One America News yeah. and, and Trump, and they were wearing their MAGA, MAGA hats walking down the street. I mean, it was pretty intense. They also live in La Jolla, though, so there was a lot of compatriots there. Yeah, it's mixed, though, it honestly. Is. It's, it, it's, it really yeah, is but it's mixed. a lot more mixed than, or it's a, you know, there's a lot more than a lot of other places in San Diego. Right, yeah. but I had very different views of them, and... It was interesting seeing what they see on the news. Yeah, it was. And, and what they react to, because you could hear them just yeah. be like, oh, can you believe it? They'd come downstairs and be yeah. like, did you see Joe Biden's son was, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was very interesting. And you handled them so well. I enjoy talking to people like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when he says, like, you know, talk to people that think differently than you, I'm like, well, welcome to being a libertarian. Nobody fucking thinks like me. So you mean every political interaction that I've had? I've kind of learned how to do that pretty easily. And it's fun. I mean, I, I, I really enjoy the engagement I get on our Instagram DMs. Like, it's that I, I love the ver- variety of opinion that I get to talk to you on there. And, you know, it, the, all, all of those people are committing to that step, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, anyways. And look at their facts and take the position that if what you're in is legitimate, it will stand up to scrutiny. Right. Then the next step is go back in your mind before you got recruited. What did you think you were getting into? That's a good one. And think about the model of mind control. Think about the information you heard. And if you were lied to, uh, if you have lack of informed consent, this is a huge red flag. But go through your experiences. Reflect honestly and then answer the question, if I knew then what I know now, would I have ever gotten involved? Like, And if the answer is no... Time to leave. So like when, when you think about like, think back to what, when he says, what, what did you think you were getting into? Right. Mm-hmm. So many people became politicized before the 2016 election. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. It, and it was people that either were completely apolitical or they were neutral to sort you know, they were just kind of neutral to it. Right. Yeah. But then maybe you're, you have a personal belief that, um, you're like an anti-vaxxer, Right. So you go on YouTube and you watch anti-vax videos or you subscribe to an anti-vax Facebook group, right? Mm. It doesn't take very many clicks from there to be brought into the cosmic pizza, pizza gate. There's a child pedophile smuggling ring underneath the pizza parlor in DC, right? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. do you follow me? Yeah. So, so now that's not your fault that that's being presented to you adjacent to something that you already believe in, but ask yourself that question. What took you in 2022? What brought you to where you are now? Was it, I care about children that I believe are being smuggled and abused? Because that's a righteous belief. Like you should Mm -hmm. have that. You should care about that. That was not true. So self-assess and recognize that you came here with good intentions, but you're miles from the mark because of nefarious characters that are manipulating and using you. Like you're being taken advantage of. Not, not everybody, yeah. but like, that's the questioning to go through. Right. Yeah. You know, do you remember? Same thing with like BLM too, though. Right. Because uh-huh. all their, you know, the miss, not using their funds appropriately and, you know, good intentions are bringing you to saying like, oh, I, of course, yes. I happen to think that black lives matter. Yes. Now. Oh, well, what are these people doing? Oh, very little similar to what they're outwardly saying they're doing. And, you know, mm. you have to ask yourself. And, and so that's why I say Woka stands as guilty. Right. Do you remember, um, I think it was like right after, right before the last election, 
there was, I think the New York Times did a whole bunch of interviews on people mm-hmm. and like their extreme beliefs. And uh-huh. This woman who like stopped talking to all of her family yeah. members. And yeah. People just got so extreme. I don't remember what, uh, like QAnon or... I think it was. I think yeah. it was Q, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's just so crazy to see. And she'd never voted in a previous election. Well, yes. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, what? Well, your parents voted for Obama. It's very true. Yeah. And they Trump also, twice. They also voted for Bush. Yeah. So they yeah. just like try to go for whoever they think yeah. is going to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't need to insult and your And hopefully family. they don't listen to this podcast. Or maybe that. just cut that out. That's uh, fine. Maybe. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it on that. Um, so I think like one of the strongest, that's it for the clip. So I, I also think that like one of the strongest forces involved in that whole um, like orchestra of emotions that are going on is shame, right? Like there's shame in saying, Hey, I've reassessed, I've disconnected. I've reassessed. I've talked to people either that have left this group or, you know, are outside of it. And I, um, and I've reassessed how I got into this and I could see that I'm not, that this wasn't what I came here to be concerned about. Right. I, I, I've clearly been lied to. Um, you can go through all of that it's a barrier to be able to overcome the sense of shame of saying that you got yourself to that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's stopping a lot of people from changing and like, you know, experiencing that growth. And that's sad, but the shame does that in a lot of other areas of life too, though. Right. Um, like I said, I don't have time to play the rest of that show, but it was really good. It's the, uh, your undivided attention. Um, they got into the whole like abusers playbook. Mm. Uh, kind of like that R. Kelly song we were playing yeah. and comparing social networkers to abusers. And I was just like, yeah, that's pretty compelling, but that is kind of their game. Like, of course they're going to s- sell that really well, but yeah. I- it was pretty compelling. Um, you know, this seems like a good place to take a half. Do you want to come back and we'll make fun of, I have uh, moments in Aussie politics. I'm going to play moments of Aussie for you oh, when I come can't back wait. and then we'll make fun of the American right, the American left, uh, the media. And then we have some heavier topics like abortion in Ukraine. You want to come back? Do you want to come back? Abortion in Ukraine? No, no. And Ukraine. <laughs> abortion. Uh, you know, I think they're just having horrible yeah, miscarriages no, that's, there. Yeah, no, that's terrible. All right, time to go to half. Covered in sequins. This <laughs> is the B-side of our Plasma yeah. Sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. <laughs> In the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again Cross the mountains of your chest Let's see Ask you a question coming back from half? Please. All right. Let's see. I have a new favorite conspiracy. I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to be able to sell it. So just it'll just be the title. Um, Morgan Freeman is Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> There's a bunch of pictures of them like side by side when they're younger. Uh-huh. And it's just like, yeah. So just imagine Jimmy older. It's like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess he could have aged and got a bunch of skin tags. 
The voices don't match at all, though. I've only heard him sing <laughs> and play guitar. <laughs> Never heard Morgan Freeman play guitar. Yeah, but his voice is so deep. Time. <laughs> Fine. Wine. If anything with the I sound, you can anyone can do it. Let me hear you say time. Time. This is pretty good, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> just needs a little more bass in it. Uh, yeah, that's good enough. Uh, let's get back into this shit. Where were we? Oh, we got our moment of Aussie. I'm looking forward to this one. So I've got two Aussie clips for you. Uh, one is a clip of a politician talking about. He's talking. He, he's talking about not everybody. Um, not everybody is cut to be the wise one. No one, however smart, uh, however well educated, however experienced, is the suppository of all wisdom. <laughs> suppository. That's the thing you put in your butt. Yeah. <laughs> or a vagina. Oh, you do it in your vagina too. Yeah. What do What do you put a suppository in a vagina for? Like a uh, yeasty, yeasty boy? Yeah, I mean, if there's, yeah, there's medication. What else? Just got to um, shove it up in there. There's also, it's actually pretty good, but there's like CBD ones. Oh, okay. So, so like you put if, it in there for fun? Like you're cramping yeah. and stuff. It like helps like huh. relax you. Do you put it in like before the tampon? Yeah. Then you let it like the tampon it, push it up? probably wouldn't put a tampon in afterwards because you, you need it to like soak oh that's before, before the period. period i remember how yeah. that works hey we're gonna talk about uh <laughs> female reproductive health later on and i'm gonna act like i know what i'm fucking talking about there uh well glad it wasn't me and alan saying all that nonsense um so here's another aussie moment of aussie um this is this is either the candidate for the liberal party or his like spokesperson talking to the crowd like hey i like this guy i think you're gonna want to vote for him right mm. And I live with the wing because of Josh. Okay, what? Okay, I did not know what he said. You have to play that again. Okay. And I live with the wing because of Josh. Honestly, I have no idea. I think he says, I think the liberals will win because That's of Josh. That's what I think okay. I heard too. Almost sounds Kiwi, right? It probably is, yeah, honestly. It's dirty Kiwis. <laughs> and I live with the wing because of Josh. But um, I'll, I'll just finish off with a bird call or two. Uh, what was that? I'll just finish off with a... Sorry. I'll, I'll just finish off with a bird call or two. With a beer or two? Bird call. <laughs> It'll be very obvious he's doing bird call or twos. What? Who does this? Like, yeah, hey, you went down to the campaign rally. Oh, did the guy do a bird call? Two? Maybe? One, two? How many bird calls did he do? I'll, I'll just finish off with a bird call or two. All right. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard of kookaburra before. Kookaburra. Yeah. Yeah. Is that an Aussie bird? Yeah, they're okay. beautiful. Okay. That just sounds... sits in the old gum tree. Oh, it's like a whole that. song. Yeah. yeah. Um, that sounds like a guy making bird sounds, though. That didn't sound like a like. Listen to this. It's like a monkey. They're loving it. They are very noisy bird sounds. And a self-oppressive cockatoo. What? A cockatoo. Oh, okay. And a self-oppressive cockatoo. Sounds a little bit more like a bird. Yeah. That, what the fuck is going on? Honestly, he kind of sounds like one of my weird uncles. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that's better than the other. You know, in America, we have weird uncles too, but <laughs> I think it's different. <laughs> if you went back, fine. We mentioned this last week. Um, on last week's show, oh, we're making fun of the American right now. Okay. Unless you wanted to keep making fun of Aussies. 
<laughs> well, the, uh, I have no problem making fun of Australian politicians. They like there is something crazy. This going is an on. endless well. Like I think I can make yeah. a weekly segment of this. Uh, unlike Teddy Time, I am running out of clips on Teddy Time. Well, good thing you're taking a little break. Yeah, yeah. I'll start resprinkling old ones in. See if Alan catches it. Probably not. Um, okay, the American right. You, you okay with starting with the right? Sure. Okay. Um, last week I mentioned there was, I, I said this quote on last week's show, but I was like, you know what? I want to play that clip because the clip sounds better. This is, uh, this is like, I'm blanking on his name. He's a prominent, um, American or excuse me, a prominent conservative writer. I think he wrote for like the weekly standard forever. Uh, here, well, here's what he has to say. It'll sound familiar. If you listen to last week's show, I tried to say this best I could. If you went back five years from where we were then uh, to say like 2015. And you said there is going to be a time in 2020 in American politics where a significant amount of the right is going to believe the following, that no media is telling the truth, that no politicians tell the truth, that the law courts are all totally corrupted, that every one of the intelligence agencies is totally corrupted, that the, that the ballot is totally corrupted to the extent that an election is going to be stolen. But... You have one great virtue on your side. There is one virtuous man in the Republic. And you know who that man is? It's the dude off The Apprentice. Yeah, it's Donald J. Trump. Now, yeah. if you'd have said that to anyone in 2015, they'd have said, oh, sorry. And, and also the, the, the vice president, uh, Mike Pence, he, he's also uh, completely corrupted mm. and not, not a conservative. <laughs> I, I like his perspective. I like him mm. because he now... You read most of what he writes and you're inside your bubble on the left, you're going to hate that guy. But if you listen to him talk candidly, he's going to say many of the things that he uh, that you agree on that you think is wrong with the American right politically. Right. But he is a conservative and he has conservative ideals and you can't expect him to think differently or behave differently. Like, you know, now if you get to know that person, you might find that they have talked to people outside their circle. They've figured out how they got there and reassessed and stopped following passive. They now so they realize they were in a cult and reassessed. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, but like in his case, you know, he doesn't think the election was stolen, but he thinks that the New York times, or excuse me, the New York post, when they shared the laptop information and the way the, the media and social companies, um, basically blocked that information from getting out was criminal. And he thinks that all of the intelligence heads that came out and signed a joint statement saying that this looks like Russian propaganda, they should all lose their jobs and their pensions. And I don't know that I disagree with him. I mean, that now I, 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 I would again say the same. If you took me back to 2020 and I was a Democrat voter, there wasn't anything that could show up on that laptop that would make me vote for Donald Trump. Right. So I don't know what change that would make. It, I guess it would sway some independence. Um, but I don't think that people that weren't going to vote for Donald Trump were voting for Joe Biden because they thought he was this, you know, symbol of virtue. And, you know, no, it was just the butter of two evils. Yeah. Which just get us out from under Trump. No, that was that was the feeling <laughs> of that group. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked that. The. Let's see. Last week, I also played some kind of banana. Remember that like five minute clip of that podcast where they were talking about how um, the trans agenda and they're grooming your kids because they can't have kids. So they're going to steal yours, basically. Right, right. Uh, so that was a bananas podcast conversation while well, it broke through and jumped into real life. Of course. Today's enemy, today's uniparty rhinos and liberal Democrats and communists 
intentionally mutilate themselves for the sake of being trans. So people that are trans intentionally mutilate themselves for the sake of being Democrats. Yeah. Also, he's bringing up communists. Well, yeah. Well, it's a it's it's a it gets a lot of responses. Oh, the crowd fucking loves this guy. So this is uh, he's identified as conspiracy theorist Stu Peters. I don't know who he is. He's campaigning for Idaho Lieutenant Governor Janice McGetchen. Uh, by declaring that their political enemies are possessed by demons and want to R-word children. Intentionally mutilate themselves for the sake of being transgender. So the only way that they can ever reproduce is by stealing our kids. What? You're stealing their kids? And then filling their brains with poison. That's how they operate. And we have to call them out. These are the people who want to steal and poison and groom and, yes, rape our children. What? Listen to that crowd. They're demonic. Literally, I think some of them are actually possessed by demons. I mean, do you agree? Also, that's like that neuro-linguistic programming or whatever that Uh NLP, like, like, that's like, you know, then they're going to do this. Do you agree? Yeah. Like, Uh you know. And that might seem like shocking language, but you know what? Good. Good. I'm glad that it is. I can't get over that first part where he's like, they intentionally mutilate themselves in the sake of these Democrats intentionally mutilate themselves in the sake of being trans. If you worked all that backwards, that does, that's not a logical argument. It's like, I'm trans. So I mutilate myself because I'm a Democrat. Like, yeah. Do, does he actually believe this or is he just trying to Yeah, I don't know. Get, yeah. He... he he obviously is profiting off of the the uh, the attention he's getting, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much he convinces himself that too that he believes it because that's the other thing too, right? Um, this next guy, I've played this Jordan Kle- Klepper guy a few times where he interviews, um, like man on the street style interviews, and he kind of mm-hmm. always asks like gotcha shitty questions and makes Trump people look stupid. Um, and I usually feel bad when I play them. I think it's like. Like, obviously, you're cherry-picking the worst response out of a day of taping. Um, I like this one because I think the guy recording it is less shitty while he's doing it. And what do you think about the 2020 election? All I know was I know that he won. I know it. There's no way Biden got 81 million votes. Still the same thing, though, right? Like, this isn't the best representative of Uh somebody on the MAGA side. I know that he won. I know it. There's no way Biden got 81 million votes. It was six in some way, whether... Um, and I, I know, because Hillary, because what she said was to Biden, don't concede. And do you think that's ethically okay to just decide not to concede like that? Well, I mean, Biden. Just to clarify, because Don, Donald Trump has not conceded, correct? You're right, he hasn't. He hasn't officially conceded. Yeah, you're right. But Biden should have been willing to concede. logic is flawless right Uh, i don't know i feel bad playing those sometimes though let's make fun of the left yeah that you don't have anything to add right i mean that was so sad it It is right like you feel bad for that person yeah yeah and then they get watched a million times this is that shame part like it's hard to get out of that bubble right Mm -hmm. did i make it worse no it's fine okay No, I mean, did I make it worse for them by playing it and then knowingly <laughs> saying that? I mean, you do have so many listeners. That's true. We're going to really make a difference in that yeah. person's life. Yeah. That's probably what's going to break us through is making fun of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so clip 399. This is the intelligence from the, the intelligence podcast for The Economist. 
Um, I love this. This is the left. This is the best the left will admit that their preferred form of monetary policy fucked up. There's this strong sense now that underlying the price rises Inflation. has been extraordinarily loose policy, both fiscal and monetary policy. And so therefore the, the onus is really on the Fed to tighten policy, to suppress some of this excessive demand and bring inflation back under control. So was the Fed's rate hike yesterday essentially an admission of a policy mistake? Well, I don't think the Fed would say it's a policy mistake, Can't but it's clearly admit an admission it. that it's behind the curve and it has to catch up. Look, I think the most charitable way charitable. of looking at what the Fed has done over the past year is that it took a gamble. It took a gamble oh. on basically running the economy hot on the assumption that inflation would fade away. It lost that gamble, and now it's effectively looking to make up for that lost time. There is... So I, I just, I have to pat myself on the back about a year, year and a half ago. I can't remember. But while Alan was sitting here saying that this inflation is all transitory and I'm like, well, the risk is they're going to overheat the economy. Mm -hmm. And here we are. You know, it's interesting. I just sat through, um, I work in commercial real estate and I just sat through, um, this whole thing on inflation and everything. And they're saying in a year, it's not going to be here. Yeah, but this is what they said a year ago. I know. And it's a lot worse. I mean, they're still saying there's still this demand in, mm -hmm. you know, commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that might be a sector that's not, I mean, that once these food shortages get here, we're in for a lot of trouble. And yeah. that's, we'll, we'll talk about Russia a little bit more. Um, but that's what's going to drive that. Um, I think that's going to be on our Friday show. The short of it is Putin's going to drag this on as long as he can, because the longer it goes, the worse food shortages and supply chain issues are going to hit us. And then we'll see how bad Western countries actually want to defend Ukraine. That's his perspective. I don't see that changing much, but, you know, food shortages have a way of changing hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. um, let me play the rest of that clip. There's a little an interesting more. theoretical discussion to be had about the way in which the Fed conceives of monetary policy. Uh, a couple of years ago, in late 2020, they introduced this idea of flexible average inflation targeting. And the basic idea is that they want inflation to average up to 2% over time, which means that when the economy is cold, they'll actually try to run it too hot for a period of time to kind of get that 2% average. There's an argument to be made that this is something that made the Fed a little bit too slow, a little bit too complacent uh, when inflation was perfect. So they said earlier in that first half of that clip that the the Fed took a gamble and the gamble didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the problem with one body taking gambles as opposed to that being distributed across an economy where you know these decisions are more the result of individual choices based on their intimate knowledge about financial transactions right and these are the these these are the issues that come from centralized banking in many ways it's a safety net but eventually you t we tend to every 10 11 12 years pay the piper in mm -hmm. some sort of a recession right and we made it through a pandemic without one mm -hmm. that's weird right well, we were being propped up during that. Yeah, and the now we're seeing the inflation of it. Throwing money at the problem. Yes, and that's what we were saying. <laughs> like that was when I was saying this is going to overheat the economy. Right. Okay. I mean, what about the? How much was it that we just gave to Ukraine? Dude, I think about that all the time. It was another thirty billion, a different thirty billion than the thirty-three from last week, and a different than the eighty-eight billion from that's the a week lot before. Of money. I know. 
Like, I know. Like it's got it's it's oh it's been over a trillion. That's insane. I I know, but and are we borrowing this from China? Or are we just printing it? Honestly, I lose track. I don't know. So I said earlier when uh, Biden was saying that the the MAGA is the most extreme extreme group. This is the other clip from that. So he's saying uh, so he's talking about Rick Scott, the senator from Florida, mm-hmm. who is, he has an eleven point plan that he had out, and Biden is calling it the ultra MAGA agenda. Now, when I saw this, because it was basically memed through like news media, it was man, the media really works with Biden. Like they're like, oh, you're calling it Rick Scott's ultra MAGA agenda. So you would think the way it's been presented that Rick Scott endorsed something called ultra MAGA. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. It's what Biden's calling Rick Scott's 11 point plan. Okay. I, that bothers the fuck out of me. Yeah. Okay. There's no, wrong this clip. strong Senator Rick Scott of Florida, United States Senator, who's leading the Republican National Senatorial Campaign Committee, released what he calls the ultra MAGA agenda. It's a MAGA agenda, all right. Let me tell you about this ultra MAGA agenda. It's extreme, as most MAGA things are. Extreme. Oh, now's a good time. If it's extreme, to remind you, this show is brought to you by Hard Mountain Dew. <laughs> um, this is the Making Fun of Democrats segment. Don't worry, we're about to. We'll actually raise taxes on 75 million American families, over 95% of whom make less than $100,000 a year. Among the hardest hit, working families, kids with folks. Kids with folks. The hardest hit, Working families, kids with folks. Kids with folks. Imagine your family of four and you don't pay, you don't make enough money to have federal taxes. You're not because you don't, you don't make enough money to pay them. You pay all your taxes, but you okay. just I'm, don't. I'm, I'm not playing the rest of him. Um, yeah. I, so, so this 11 point plan that he's calling Rick Scott's ultra MAGA agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this whole thing is kind of blown up in the news this week. So Monday and Tuesday, uh, he released that at the end of February. Like, really? Yeah. Like, they're just targeting shit now because they are... I, I don't understand why this wasn't... Like, if this bothered you, like, address it when it was released. Yeah, you know? that's old news. Yeah, I don't know. And like I said, the, the... You know, I think it's pretty obvious that it's being co-opted by the media to, like... Or uh, they're they're playing ball with him. Like, they're they're clearly doing it in the way that he wants that to be presented. And I don't like that. It's sleazy. Um, hey, speaking of the media, I got a clip making fun of the mainstream media. Okay. So, um, Jen Psaki is going to join MSNBC. That's right. The White House spokesperson is joining MSNBC and she's retiring from her basically promotional gig. To, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the last person, the one that did it under Trump is running for Senator in Alabama, I think, mm-hmm. I think it's Alabama. maybe she already won. I don't know. I mean, she's going to get it, you know? Um, yeah, it's disgusting. They're yeah. like, I mean, media and politics, it's like the same thing, right? It really is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying she won't be qualified for, you know, doing that, but I mean, especially press secretary, you know, steering, um, uh, spinning, spinning the story topics. Um, th- so I've really enjoyed the interaction between Saki and Peter Ducey. Um, just because Peter Ducey is such a shithead. Like you listen, when you hear this audio, just, you can, you can see his dumb smug face. Why did you guys say anything about the leaked draft memo, uh, at the Supreme court? 
How do you mean? Well, in the past, you have declined to comment on leaked materials. So why now? Well, Peter. So why now? This is, by the way, I think this is probably the, one of the last uh, Saki Ducey interactions. Mm. I'm sad by that. That makes me sad. I mean, I missed these. Or I'll miss these. Why not? leaked materials. So why now? why now? Well, Peter, I think as you would note and was reported, the Supreme Court confirmed this this document was accurate, even it was if it is not the final opinion. The president had a statement out before they confirmed that it was real. So And in that changed? statement, he made clear, we don't know if this uh, is accurate. Uh, we don't know if this document is accurate. Or if he didn't comment on it before it came out and was proved accurate or not, they'd be sitting there being like, why didn't the president talk about this? Mm-hmm. Right? Like there was no winning there, right? I actually haven't heard... Um, I, I guess I haven't checked into it. I haven't heard Biden's opinion on... Roe versus Wade. Yeah, he's he's for choice. Okay. The leak is accurate. And to follow up on a question earlier, do you guys think, does the president think, the leaker should be punished? Again, that's up for the Department of Justice and others to determine. Uh, what our focus is on is not getting our uh, distracted or our eye off the ball of what is most important to people across the country here, which is not the leak and the story of the leak. It is the fact that women's health care is at risk for millions of people across this country. Yeah, that was really the... That was the tact taken by the right, um, at least like in the media, was let's focus on this being a leak. That's the big story. Right. Um, And I don't know if that's like just a function of like, you know, Republicans got Trump in office and all the things they got for it was tax breaks and this now. And like once you have this, like what what's your big thing now? Mm -hmm. Like, fuck Joe Brandon, like, I guess. (laughs) Right. The. I mean, let's get into it. So let's talk about the Dobbs and the Dobbs decision on abortion. Um, let's start off with a question, though. Are you ready for there to be a left wing January 6th at the Supreme Court? Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see that. Would it be justified? <sighs> I mean, I don't think any violence is yeah, I wouldn't think truly so justified. What would have to be different for it? to be okay in your mind to blank devil's advocate here i'm putting you on the spot yeah it's a tough one to answer there's probably no right answer so have fun oh. <laughs> i don't know why why do i have to answer this question we're just asking questions okay um i mean i'm all for freedom of speech and protesting and making your voice heard and you don't need to use violence to do that is there some version of this that would justify something like on january 6th i mean things escalate i mm-hmm. get that um january 6th they showed up with weapons so and was... uh, uh <laughs> what do you call it a uh, hangman's noose right yeah yeah, that, was yeah. Weird. that part's weird no people forget about that very weird um, i guess it was just a prop no uh, yeah i, I could so. not imagine the left all these mostly women um going to that extreme yeah it is hard to imagine it um although i would expect people to be very upset and feel like there's like no recourse and i wouldn't be surprised if there was i mean they put these barriers up we'll talk about on the friday show they put these barriers up uh, around the courthouse which that's a public building like 
I mean, this is the result of things like January 6th and the the riots over the summer in 2020. I mean, are they going to do that every time that there is a presidential I don't know. change? I don't know if they're coming down. Oh. Like, you can't get into the Capitol like you used to be able to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, and that's a public building. Like, that's like, I'm somebody hill to die on, but like, you should be able to get into that. Mm-hmm. And th- this is now the consequence of bad actors. You know. Right. Uh, but, you know, right now, I mean, there's a real fear of people storming the Supreme Court. There's been all the protests in front of uh, Kavanaugh's house and I think Alito's house. That was hilarious, by the I don't have audio for it. Tucker on his show, he was like, all right, we're going to now. He was like, hide your kids. Make sure that you get time. We're, we're going to pad. You can get your kids into the other room. We're going to show you some very disturbing footage from in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house. Okay, we're going live to it. Make sure your children aren't watching. And it's just like people standing with their mouth shut, like holding signs. <laughs> it's just like, okay, yeah, it is weird that they're doing that in front of someone's house. I think that I I wouldn't I personally wouldn't do that because I don't think it's gonna be effective. Like I don't think he's gonna come out of his house, be surrounded by a bunch of angry people and be like, Oh, I'm gonna change my mind now. Right. You know? Um although I can understand, I mean, that was organized by a neighbor. There was like you know, I, I'm I'm shamed by you know this guy being my neighbor and organized it. I'm not going to speak for her. I don't know that much details other than that someone that lived in that neighborhood organized that. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was listening to the Reason Roundtable as I'm wont to do every week, never miss an episode. And the editor of Reason Magazine, a woman named Catherine Mangu Ward, had this to say, and I thought this honestly, like, um, I don't have one of them uteruses, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I. I really related to this. This really encapsulates, I think, my perspective um, towards freedom of choice. You know, I am pro-choice in the same way that I am an anarchist, which is to say that I am very radical in the most boring possible way. And so for me, what this decision is about is basically taking a dent out of the idea of self-ownership, right? I have the right to my body. I have dominion over my body. I have the right to say what or whom goes into it. And this logic gets you self-defense. It gets you drug legalization. It gets you sexual choice. Um, Maybe if you like stretch it a little bit, it gets you like freedom of conscience and free speech, but it definitely gets you legal abortion. Um, And... I think lots and lots and lots of libertarians, especially, but not just libertarians, share that instinct. And um, to say that we are going to give uh, the state or the states um, more control over more of our bodies is something that people who care a lot about liberty shouldn't be excited about. I listened to that whole clip, like, and I was just, every time along the way, I was like, oh, yeah, I agree on that. And then by the time she's done, I was like, well, I can't just repeat what she just said. Like, isn't that just like, I mean, do you, <laughs> Yeah. No. And, and you're a politically independent. Like, I don't know if you, I, we actually, I've never asked you, you're not like a libertarian. Uh, you tend to vote Democrat, the, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you. Uh, you know, I have a, a thought on that since we're in a red state, should we vote Republican so we can choose the candidate oh in the primary yeah yeah i don't know what our primaries are like we should i think we missed it also <laughs> we definitely missed it i you're talking to the wrong person i don't vote yeah. so yeah yeah talk to your friends it was fun to vote with you at the last election yeah we went through voted. the whole thing and it's i think it's really important to vote for your like within your your city oh yeah your local state. stuff your i mean if you're stuff. gonna make an argument for anything that's yeah i think the argument to make um can we take a pause? I hear our dog crying. Okay. Do you not? You don't hear that? Yeah, I've been ignoring it. 
So checks and balances from the Economist. That's their weekly podcast. They had. Uh... Are you good, Petra? They told you she had so to make noisy. a bunch of noise. Yeah. Uh, checks and balances from the Economist. That's uh, their weekly podcast. of checks and balances. They were, you know, the big topic this week was uh, was Roe. So they had a one of their segments was about an abortion clinic in Illinois and how the only there was only one abortion clinic left in Missouri and it's on the Illinois border and then on the other side of the of the Missouri border in Illinois there's that which is a state where there are no trigger laws in effect uh, and how this is affecting them you don't have to guess what the future of abortion access is going to look like in this country you just need to look at places like Missouri we have now for a couple of years seen the flight of Missourians out of the state of Missouri, right? Missouri has made it so difficult for folks to access care. It was a pretty clear decision that we needed to provide space, build space and capacity across the river in Illinois. In 2010, just over 6,000 abortions took place in Missouri. In 2020, only 167 did. But that same year, over 6,000 women who lived in Missouri had their abortions across the river in Illinois. 6,000, was that the number? Yeah, those were big numbers, right? Huge yeah. numbers. But what was it before? Hold on. This took place in Missouri. And just over 6,000 abortions took place in Missouri. In 2020, only 167 did. But that same year, over 6,000 women who lived in Missouri had their abortions across the river in Illinois. So it's the same number. So there were 6,000 in 2010. In 2020, after a lot of uh, restrictions went in place, it was a very small number. But the same 6,000 residents of... Well, it's not the same 6,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> the same number, 6,000, traveled to Illinois to get the procedures done still. I think your numbers are a little messed up from rewinding it. Do you want to play this Illinois. again? In 2010, just over 6,000 abortions took place in Missouri. In 2020, only 167 did. But that same year, over 6,000 women who lived same in numbers. Missouri had their abortions across the river in Illinois. So is what I said. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, right? That's so crazy. That's crazy that they have around the same amount of people 10 years later, pregnant in one year, getting abortions. It's like a yearly average. Wow. So the same number of people are still getting abortions. They're just traveling somewhere to do it. And the only thing you'll see change is less people being able to afford traveling, right? But oh, yeah. then you're going to see all kinds of downstream effects of people that are forced to carry to term. Yeah. I think you had some stories about that, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially in... Well, I listen to a lot of murder shows, and something <laughs> that I know that comes up a lot is um, you're more likely to die. It's normally domestic abuse, right? But you're... If you're pregnant, especially your, your chance of dying your, of murder goes up. Yes, your your chance murder is a leading cause of death in pregnancy in the United States. So, your chance if you're pregnant of dying, right? Let's say you're going to die for something like car accident, hemorrhaging, yeah. something, right? 
the more most likely reason for you to die while you're pregnant is murder is murder above dying in childbirth yes no way yes what so yeah. the number one killer of pregnant women is murder is murder oh, it's Jesus. domestic abuse usually yeah, right. and it's women under the age of 23 and it's three times more likely if you're a woman of color so is it guys that don't want to that say i can't raise a kid and i want to get out of this relationship type I'm, stuff also there's a lot of stress that goes financial stress that goes into a relationship especially if it was not a healthy one to begin with so right? Is, is all of this to say that if more people are forced to carry to term, there is a downstream effect of domestic abuse? Yes. So these are like unintended consequences. This is why Absolutely. you don't get Yeah, and, with- and like we said before, the, the people that cannot travel to get abortions are the people without means, right? So right. So those are probably statistically the people that are getting murdered. Yes. More. Uh-huh. And another thing too, right, is how expensive it is to just give birth. Right. Yeah. To just give oh, birth. Oh, dude, if you have insurance, it's expensive. If Yeah. My girlfriend, I, she had a baby a few years ago, and I remember she, it was like $10,000 with insurance to just have a baby. Yeah. Like, sure, they're saying they're going to take care of your kid once it's born. You can, um, you. I think it was a Supreme Court that their argument was, well, there's all these like s- surrender places you can yeah. take your kid. It's like, what about actually carrying the child to term right. and delivering well, it? Well, you shouldn't have been horny. That's what you get for sinning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I really hope that education is something that comes out of this, right? And access to contraception. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's next on the block is contraception. And you know, the number one place we get those things are Planned Parenthood. And so I know if I don't understood what I don't understand what happened to all of the men I grew up with, because I didn't want to go to my family practice doctor that I'd been seeing since I was a teenager mm-hmm. and ask for an STD screening. I went to fucking Planned Parenthood. It was anonymous, especially as a, as a teen, when you become sexually active and it's looked down and, upon. And or you, you watch the movie kids and you all freak out and go get a <laughs> test the next day. Yeah. That's what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, and look at how many people like Planned Parenthood for youths. It's, it's giving them contraception. It's preventing passing of sexual diseases it's i mean personally i had an experience with planned parenthood where i had a cancer scare and it wasn't if it wasn't for them forcing me to have an operation because i was terrified and avoided getting a pap smear for too long and it turned into a situation where they're like you have cells growing we need to take it out right now you don't have a choice i am so grateful for that experience and it's because it was it was also free. Yeah, it's right? donations, like, right? Yeah. Like I definitely never paid enough. Like it was like I don't have money. Here's five dollars. And also, while I was going in and coming out of that, there were people outside um, telling me that I'm killing children, and yeah. I'm like, I'm literally going in for it's a women's health clinic, <laughs> yes. asshole. Yeah, and yeah. it's none of your fucking business. It really isn't. Like that's the part that's lost. They're like, hey, the way Roe was decided was about privacy. That's stupid. It's like, is it? Is privacy stupid? Like you're saying that like privacy isn't something that we should like, you know, we need to get the government involved in because yeah. of an opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'd, re- I'd like to actually, that streamlines well into this next clip. So uh, shout out to listener Jacob Kaufman who recommended this podcast. Uh, I don't know how to say a lot of these names. The podcast is called All In with, oh, it's called All In with Chamath, Jason, Sachs, and Friedberg. Let's go with all those words. Um and they brought up the idea of like, where is the compassion in all of this? Like, where's the role of compassion in this? 
My issue with this is the following, which is that I do think that there is a role for compassion in how we're governed, okay? And I what I what I have an issue with is that at the sake of this originalism to go and just be so textual about the constitution, are you willing to abandon all compassion and an understanding and you know, I, I, that's where I just struggle. And Jason, I think you asked it, like, where is the role of like humanity in doing one's job, right? And why is it that there's a belief that one must so fervently interpret in, an, in a very black and white binary way, a document that is, you know, for all intents and purposes, still quite old? What do you think about that? Like the compassion. I mean, I think there's a counter to that, right? Is that, you know, oh, I am being compassionate. I'm con- I have concern for the unborn child. Right. Except for these are the same people that uh, don't vote to give people of poverty um, means as well. Right. So if they're. They in- think they're being compassionate then too, though. And, you know, they're also saying like you're asking me to have my hard earned paycheck harvested so that you can spend it on something that I know you're not going to do efficiently like that. That's. There's compassion within that statement. It's not just selfish. You're like forcing people to have children. Well, what are you saying? Oh, you're saying that you, by forcing... Oh, oh, I thought you were saying giving money to the poor. You're saying... What, what were you saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the government ha- really ever takes money and uses it correctly. I think it really should be private organizations. So, I mean, sure, let's let these people that f- that voted for this get compassionate, put their money, and support these women that they're forcing to have babies. But you're not saying they should be compelled to give those taxes. You're just saying that would be logically consistent. Yeah, let's okay, say if they're compassionate people right. that really care about them, right. help them. Well, remember that Carlin bit last week where he's like, they're you know pro-life until you're born. Yeah. Yeah. I think their argument is that, you know, those people should have had better self-control over their reproductive sexual activities, but that goes into behavior. Like you don't get to dictate other people's behavior yeah. and choices. Like, and education just, yeah. and access to contraception. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many other things that. Which is, the, I don't have an audio for it. I mean, that's, that's, you know, uh, contraception is going to be an issue on this. Yeah. In Mississippi. So the governor of Mississippi has trigger laws in place that could also ban some contraception. Right. Um, and that contraception is like, isn't, like condoms? No, not condoms okay. or birth control, okay. but plan B and other methods of um, if there was an accident. Okay. Of, so like the abortion pill also or no? I think that the, must be one of the other ones, but it, yeah, because yeah. because yeah. what there's Plan B. Is there another one? I mean, Plan B is not an abortion pill. No, but people think it is. In <laughs> fact, when um, Hobby Lobby had their case get to the Supreme Court, they they were like, "We don't want to." Part of Obamacare was saying that it was uh, gonna it was gonna co- Obamacare was gonna cover the Plan B pills and. Hobby Lobby was like, we don't want to use, we don't want to cover that. We think it's unethical that we should have to cover that because we see that as an abortion. Well, there, there's a federal federal statute that says that the federal government can't spend federal funds on abortions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they scientifically looked at whether the Plan B pill was an abortion, and realized that it is not an abortion we can talk about the method mm-hmm. of how it works mechanism of how it works but prior to that hobby lobby case right prior to that they were like hey 
if we're going to include this in Obamacare, we can't do it if it's an abortion. And they're like, oh, don't worry. You can include it because this is very clearly not an abortion, as you'll explain in a second, because I don't have to fucking mansplain how Plan B <laughs> works. But but what pissed me off is the Supreme Court took that case and said, oh, Hobby Lobby, I understand what you're saying. Um, well, if you think that that's an abortion, then you have the right to not pay for that with your health care. Wow. But, but the Supreme Court fucking knew that it was very obviously and medically not the same thing as an abortion. So... I've been talking around it. How does Plan B work? Plan B is basically a really extreme concentrated version of birth control. Why don't you just take six birth controls? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's, I mean, why don't you just get a COVID vaccine so you can, no, never mind. Yeah, never, so never birth control, that. I don't know if you know how that works, but it basically mm-hmm. tells your body that, um, like hormonally or whatever, I should probably look this up so I don't Hormonally, sound it, that, you're, that pregnant. you're pregnant yeah. so that the, um, the egg doesn't attach. The fertilized egg doesn't attach to the wall of the uterus and then, you know, turns into a baby. Right. Um, because you the, the sperm will fertilize the egg and then there's a time period that goes by before it actually makes it to the right. uterus yeah. wall. So you have um, up to 72 days. And so that's when uh, there's like more ex- like higher dose versions of plan B as well. Um, but it can, you know treat it like birth control and so you just pass the egg through it's not an abortion it's not a miscarriage you are never pregnant your blood would never show you're pregnant um so yeah it's as an emergency that and there uh actually you know what i think this next clip has some audio of uh one of our clips talks about abortion medication it's not this next one let me play this next one uh this is still from that same podcast all in this justice said that Uh, No measured motion, the road decision left virtually no state with laws fully conforming to... Let me start this over. So the setup for this was that when Roe got decided in, what, 73, Mm -hmm. there was a movement in the states to reform abortion laws that already existed. Like there was... uh, Because that's what they're saying now is, right? It's no longer a federal decision. It's going to go back to the states. Conveniently, there's a shitload of states that already have laws that are in effect, and there's been a movement to put justices in place that would kick it out of federal back to the states. Forget about that. This is all just a naturally occurring thing. Um, But naturally occurring in 73 was these movements within the states because a, a, a majority of people didn't want the government, the federal government, to decide whether they could have where that they couldn't have abortions they wanted the right to privacy and to choose Mm. which was the argument that was used they wanted the freedom to have the decision not to also right Mm. um so there was a movement going on within the states that was completely stopped when the supreme court made the decision on roe versus wade and it's an interesting counterfactual to think of what if a few more years had gone by and via the state route this would have already been decided so this is, I'll let you guess who you, think, who you think this uh, Supreme Court justice is that they're quoting. Uh, no measured motion. The road decision left virtually no state with laws fully conforming to the court's delineation of abortion regulations still permissible. Around that extraordinary decision, a well-organized and vocal right to life movement rallied and succeeded for a considerable time in turning the legislative tide in the opposite direction, meaning there was already a trend before Roe towards liberalizing these abortion laws across various states. Even Ronald Reagan, a governor, had signed a law liberalizing abortion in California. 
And that process was halted and stopped by the Supreme Court's decision. And arguably reversed, because once the Supreme Court made the decision, it rallied the people that were more pro-life. And mm-hmm. then our lifetime of the vocal pro-life crowd and the quiet pro-choice route crowd being like, well, we still want the choice. So, you know, the people that have been loud about this have been the pro-life. Right. Groups. Yeah. But I mean, it also depends on the state, right? Like you, they mentioned California. California. They is... had a Republican governor. Yes, but he knows his audience, right? I mean, maybe. I mean, they were they voted for a Republican. It was Ronald Reagan's. Mm-hmm. Which in one decision invalidated every single abortion law in America. And then what this justice said is that Roe halted a political process that was moving in a reform direction and thereby, I believe, prolonged divisiveness and deferred stable settlement of the issue. Which is interesting. So in 73, the Supreme Court making this decision has created this divisiveness, right? Mm hmm. And I think that them making this decision now clearly in this loaded manner that they have by the the activist judges that were on a list for Trump to choose from. And he said, hey, if you elect me, I have this list of federalist, federalist um, society uh, judges that we would like you to pick for a Supreme Court. And I'll pick one of them and I'll get Roe versus Wade overturned. Like that is clearly mm-hmm. like an agenda. Um, you know, that's going to rally the pro-life side now. And all that does is breed more, um, more incidents of violence, you know? Yeah. Do you want to guess who said all that? No. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh. Abortion rights groups are working very hard at the moment. It's one of the big things that's happening to educate women in states where abortion would be banned and let them know that there are these pills that they can order from an overseas pharmacy if necessary and take it home without anyone knowing about it. And it's a slightly sort of difficult area because there are problems associated, obviously, with breaking the law in that way, particularly if a woman um, bleeds and needs medical care. So you had something you posted last week, I think Thursday Mm -hmm. or something, saying like, hey, you know, you can, what what was that? Uh, There is on Amazon a plan B option that's like, 12, 13 bucks. Okay. I remember you used to have to see a pharmacist for plan B. Yeah. Well, no, uh, it hasn't been it. I mean, for years you can go to just a CVS or Uh something, but it was behind the counter. It wasn't, uh, Uh, no, they changed that. I mean, at least I noticed, um, I've seen them in like Las Vegas and places like that. Sin city. Yeah. Centers. (laughs) Right. You don't need these Vegas babies taking over the world. Um, so, so she said that, you know, that it can be a problem because, uh, okay. So, so like we just said, it, um, it will cause the, what the uterus to shed. So you'll have perhaps right. heavier than it's normal. It's a super bleed. heavy period. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, perhaps you'll be afraid and have to go see a doctor. And now if you're in a red state with trigger laws, like Tennessee, for example, and you go see that doctor and you tell him that you took that. There's uh, Mississippi is Mississippi that uh, that same governor. Mm-hmm. He's going to uh, they have a law that's in the House that's going to char- charge women that commit abortion that have abortions, charge them with murder. That's insane. Right. Murder. So they're going to go to prison. Well, I think you go to prison for murder. Yeah. So <sighs> if someone gets one of those pills, sees a doctor because they had a heavy bleeding and say that they took the pill, that might be a case for a murder charge. But it's not an abortion I, pill. I know. I agree. So the way around that, 
is make sure that the doctor would have no way of telling whether you were, you took a plan B pill or if you miscarried. Right. So yeah. you just have to say, I, I think I had a miscarriage. Right. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to be opening people's mail. Like yeah. that's the only other way. Right. Right. No, man, it's, it's Amazon feels, telling on you or yeah, something. It like, feels awfully authoritarian, doesn't it? Yeah. Like just, I mean, that's the thing with the lack of choice. Like, I don't care what the subject is. I don't like children not being born. I don't like the idea of that. I really don't like the government taking away a choice. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about something light like Russia still being in fucking Ukraine. Did you see Russia had a parade? Yeah. Um, I just have a clip from that, and I wonder what you think. За Россию, за победу, ура! So that's Putin getting his military to respond in unison. Do you think Trump saw that and got a little boner? <laughs> they were supposed to have. They had. Uh, they had a bunch of tanks in the parade. They were supposed to have quite a bit more tanks, but some of them are missing. <laughs> They were supposed to have a military fly or a, you know, a flyover uh-huh. and they didn't have their flyover because of bad weather, not uh-huh. lack of jets. Wow. Like, I mean, I know they're not missing all their fucking jets, but I think the estimates of like 30% of their military hardware is gone. So I heard, I, I listened to the daily on this and I, something that was interesting is it, this, um, date for them, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, February 9th, the end of, uh, the defeat of Germany in world war two. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It was always um, a quiet event that you spend with family and you visit grave sites. Like Memorial Day or like... Yeah, yeah. it's Mm -hmm. a day of reflection. And he, when he became in power, he turned it into like a 4th of July. Yeah, like a a nationalist holiday. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's all I have there. Uh, Can I just ask you a quick question? We'll get out of here. Yeah. Do you think the first female president is going to be a Republican? (sighs) The Democrats seem to go after like black people and trans, (laughs) but the Republicans really seem to their minority they like is women. Uh, yeah, I'm just afraid of the. They're like, no, we have women. Of course, we like women. You think we hate women? Yeah. Like, you think we hate women reproductive rights? We put a woman up. Yeah, a woman that's going to speak their language. Sarah Palin's got uh, actual traction lately. Oh, I was just about to say. Remember Sarah Palin? Yeah, Yeah, she was just a little early. Uh, yeah. yeah, she. Told it doesn't me. matter now. She could say all that batshit crazy stuff. People are like, can you believe them attacking me? Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. Sarah Palin's a million times better of a politician than MTG. Yeah, that's terrifying. Well, on that note, <laughs> this is podcasting. Come in the name of peace. I'm pooping right now. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron, and if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. (laughs) Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. God bless the United States. Now this is podcasting.